1: Uh, Just making sure you can see me and hear me okay. Thank you so much everybody for joining me today. What we're gonna be talking about today in this workshop is we're gonna be talking about three different ways to approach solos, pre-constructed cover song solos, right? There's three different ways we're gonna approach these. And um, this just goes along with some of the other things we've been talking about up to this point. And this is all sort of celebrating the release of my guitar course, Guitar Solos, which is available on GuitarZoom.com. So if you're interested, go ahead and head over to GuitarZoom.com, check out that, and see if it's something you're interested in. So basically, what we have are three different ways we can approach solos. Now, the thing about playing songs, I get this question all the time about learning songs note for note. Okay, we can get as close as we can to learning the song note for note. What we are doing is we're trying to learn a particular piece of music off a particular album. Right. So let's say we were trying to learn. I mean, whatever the song is, the guitar solo for Highway to Hell off Highway to Hell by ACDC. Okay, so we're trying to replicate that. That's great. But if you listen to other live versions of Highway to Hell, is the solo exactly the same as it was on the album version? And the chances are almost never, right? There's going to be something that's a little bit different. Some nuance. It might be subtle. It might be entirely different. It just depends. It depends on the artist. It depends on, you know, the, the, uh, the band. Certainly the, the song can make a difference, right? All these things. And so, you know, being my age, I'm 50 now. When I grew up, you learned songs by ear. So you got as close as you could, but, you know, there was still an element of you that existed within the learning of that song because of the way you thought about what the guitar looked like and, you know, the way you learned things and how things sounded and all that kind of thing made a difference. So along the way, you started developing kind of your own style, hopefully anyway, so you could improvise like that was one of the things you learn how to do it's a there's an art to improvisation right it's not like everybody can improvise really well it it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience but in the same respect it takes a lot of time and a lot of patience to learn something note for note i just want you to understand that note for note is kind of a weird term because oftentimes depending on the the band and the style of music that you're playing note for note can only be so close Because there are things about the song that shift in reality. Um, Again, it depends on the style of music, though, right? So we do the best we can. We get as close as we can. Plus, we have limitations. Like, if you think about it, even if you're a great player, if you try and take a really great player like Steve Vai, right, and you try and have him replicate exactly note for note uh, a song by B.B. King, I don't think it's going to happen. He could get very close, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think every single nuance of that entire song is going to sound like BB King. It's still going to sound like Steve I, no matter what he does. Okay? So it's important to understand that. Um, if you hear any squawking in the background, it's our guinea pigs, just so you know. Okay? My wife just walked by, and now they're squawking, and that's what's happening. <laughs> so anyway, let me let me keep going here um so my take on it is is you get as close as you can to replicating the song in a comfortable way that suits your needs right so if you're learning how to play whatever you're learning how to play that riff right and there's a bunch of other stuff to the song but if you go back and you listen to versions of that by act by randy rhodes for instance it's not like every single time he plays everything, it's exactly the same as the album. It's not. He's taking the liberty of changing certain things because he chooses to. Now we can choose to as well. If you go back and you listen to, um, you know, any of Ozzy's players from Zach Wilde to Jakey Lee to, I mean, whoever, whoever it is that that you enjoy, and you listen Gus G, whoever it might be, and you listen to them play, it's never exactly like the album. It's going to be close, right? So, and again, I'm not saying you should slough off or you should slack your way through something. I'm saying that you are still you. At the end of the day, your, your approach still really matters on how you're going to play these things. So if we take and look at the solos to songs, you might have a song where the solo, really, you want to try and replicate that solo. Let's say, like, there are certain iconic solos in my brain, like, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Now, I'm a metal guy and I love metal, but there are just certain solos that stand out like While My Guitar Gently Weeps, um, Still Got the Blues by Gary Moore, um, Purple Rain, right? There are certain songs that um, comfortably numb. It's not like I'm the biggest David Gilmour or Pink Floyd fan in the world. I'm not, but I, I enjoy them. But that solo is absolutely iconic, and another one would very much be Crazy Train. Now, I've heard Crazy Train a million times. I'm sick of hearing Crazy Train, and I'm sure you are too. But that doesn't change the fact that, for me, it's an iconic song, especially for me as a kid, and the solo was absolutely iconic. So I'm going to try and treat maybe Crazy Train solo as... As religiously as I can to make it as accurate as I can. I'm still not going to get exact because there's just little tweaky things about that solo that I just kind of do my own thing. So let me talk about the three ways to approach a solo. One is you're going to try and learn the solo note for note as best as you can. It's going to try and, you know, maybe, maybe the bend isn't exactly there or there's a certain lick that's a little bit different than another one or something like that. Or or maybe you nailed it. Maybe it's a solo that really you are in tune with and you pretty much have it have it locked in. That's great. That's one way.
0: If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are 3 memberships to choose from For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to GuitarZoom.com. Now back to the podcast.
1: The other way is, over on this other side, is that you're going to improvise a solo, right? Maybe it's a solo that you don't really care about. It's not an iconic thing for you. You just just want to jam it. You just want to have some fun, which for me was a lot of ACDC tunes. Um, As much as I love Black Sabbath, there were certain Sabbath tunes that, you know, I would play in bands, and I just enjoyed going off on them. I wasn't really trying to replicate the solos. I just wanted to improvise and do my own thing. That's over here. And in the center, you've got plotting points, okay, or key riffs that you're going to try and implement. So what you're doing is you're taking some of the best parts from over here that you really think are important and necessary, and you're adding them here. And then in between those, you're weaving your own playing style, your own things in between those. And these are the three worlds that you live in. And most players do if you play for a living. Okay. Now, if you're sitting, you know, if you've never played in a band and you've never jammed with other people and that sort of thing, these rules can still apply. But believe me, they change dramatically when you start getting out and you play in bands, even your own songs, even songs that you've written. Sometimes the songs are absolutely iconic or the solos, I should say. And sometimes the songs are or the solos are, eh, they're fine, you know, or whatever. But you're going to do your own thing at that point, or you're going to plot certain elements, and then you're going to jam in between. So if we were looking at, and I'm just using Crazy Train as an example because I was talking about it before, but we start off with this... Now, most people probably would gravitate to maybe using that section because it really is an iconic part of that solo. But if we think about the song, we're in the key of F sharp minor. So would you have to do that? Well, that's up to you, right? More up to you than anybody else, even though you might get somebody over here that says, you didn't play the solo correctly. And, you know, I don't even want to get into that whole thing. But, uh, or somebody over here that's just enjoying you rocking out, just doing your thing, right? This is where you need to live. Now, if if you try and play that that particular lick and you're not capable, maybe you're not ready technically to be able to do that. Well, okay, you got a couple choices to make. One is you practice it and you develop it and you implement it and you start using it, or. You go, well, listen, I've got a gig this Saturday and I'm just using this song as an example. It could be any song, okay? I've got a gig this Saturday. We decided to do this song and I've started learning it and oh crap, there's a part of this solo that I cannot do, which we've all been there. Like if all of a sudden somebody throws a really complex song at you and you're gigging or you've been hired by a band to go on tour and you've got two weeks to get ready and learn their entire you know, set and you're not really comfortable with everything or you know, you don't really know their stuff that well, or a million different reasons, okay? Again, this is the real world that we're dealing with here. We don't always get six months to try and learn things. Sometimes you just gotta figure it out, right? So you might work on that and develop it. If you don't have enough time or you're just not there technically, you might decide to do something else, right? So I think about that, that lick is probably pretty iconic. Then we come off that. And again, that's a really melodic part. But the next lick really is irrelevant to me. And I'm just talking personally. You might go, no, 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 you really need to learn that. But for me, coming down this, you know, whatever I'm gonna do, you know, whatever I decide to do there is fine. Okay? And then you lead into the, uh, you might tap that i mean there's a lot of different ways you could approach something like that you might not even play that you might be just be going off doing your own thing at that point so that was the the whole point of this conversation is to understand that when you learn solos even even if we we weren't looking at iconic solos even if we were just looking at solos by me right or solos by somebody um You know, somebody else that you watch on YouTube or uh, you buy a guitar course or whatever, or you're just learning a riff or, or a lick. Maybe you're just learning a lick from a song or, you know, an artist that you like out there. And the lick doesn't really fit the comfortable element that you are, the way that you play. If that makes sense, you've learned the lick, but really if you use this finger or you change this note or you, you played it this certain way instead, it just feels more natural to you. So again, you have two choices to make. Either you force that, and I'm not saying that negatively, you force that idea and you change the way that you play to become something new, which is fine, which is great, right? Or you, you bend this thing. To fit into the way that you play, the comfortable place that you are, and you use that in your playing, okay? There's nothing wrong with that either. That's how you develop your own sense of self. Because again, if I go back to Steve Vai, when you hear Steve Vai play over just about anything, you hear Steve Vai. It doesn't matter if it's a, a song by somebody else or something, you still hear all the Viness, ness if that's a word, it's a new word, In that solo and in that whole song. And he's not apologizing for that. That's who he is. That's the way he plays. So he's not trying to become somebody else. He's trying to just do what he does in different situations that he finds himself in. So I just want you to think about that a little bit when you're learning songs, when you're learning solos by other people, or even just being educated in a video or a lesson or a song that you're learning or whatever it might be. And you come across a particular thing and you go, well, what do I do with this? Do I play it that way or do I do something else with it? And again, I can't answer that for you, but I just want you to know that both are very valid and they both exist out there. And again, we look at some of the icons that we listen to and we hear them do it all the time. But it's OK with them because they wrote the song, even though they haven't played it that way from the the actual album version in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, who knows, right? It changes, but we're trying to focus on just that one studio version. And again, nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with changing it either and and morphing it into something that fits uh, your, your style as well. So anyway, hopefully that helps you a little bit. So uh, take care, do me a favor if you can. Please leave a comment for me and, uh, and I'll try and read that a little bit later. And if you've got any words of advice, please leave those as well. I love to see people talking and engaging in conversation that's positive and, and helps each other out. And uh, again, subscribe if you haven't already and go check out guitar solos at guitarzoom.com and see if that's a course that might help you a little bit in your playing and take care and I'll talk to you all soon. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. You could be in any key you want, but let's say I'm in the key of A and I think about going from something like this. And then I move into this. And then maybe I move into something like this. And then finally. Okay, I think about my guitar in terms of the... Um, the pitches that I'm playing and the response that it's going to have. So if you think about it, if I start lower and thicker on the strings, that's as meaty as my solo is going to get, right? When I want, you know, something like that, that's as low and beefy. And again, you know, you can go lower and that sort of thing. And needless to say, there's going to be some overlap in different places here as well. But I think about, well, kind of in this lower register here on those thicker strings, that's where um, I'm not really singing anymore. I'm really kind of like whispering or growling to somebody down in this area. Now, I'm obviously a little bit heavier in terms of my tone now, but I could do the same thing if I was playing blues or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun.